Kanye West says white lives matter, baby lives matter, and also tweets something about Jewish people. Also, continuing calls to rename Columbus Day will do nothing to help the serious problems in indigenous communities, but such is the stupidity and wickedness of virtue signaling. And John MacArthur shows Christians how to truly and righteously speak truth to power in his scathing statement to Gavin Newsom. All of this and some gospel encouragement today. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. All right, y'all. Happy Tuesday. I am so glad to finally be back. If you are not following me on Instagram, then you may not know the reason why we had replays all last week on Relatable and a replay yesterday is because I had laryngitis and I completely lost my voice. It was the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest thing. I've never had laryngitis before. You would think in my line of work with as much as I talk that I would get laryngitis often, but I've never lost my voice actually. And I had a cold, which apparently, and talking to a lot of you, this is going around this like seven day nasty cold where people are losing their voice. It's almost like the flu. I don't know if it's COVID. I didn't get tested for COVID, but my whole family has had it over the past month. It was kind of a cascade. It started with our youngest, and then my husband got it, and then my oldest got it, and I was bragging. I was like, wow, my immune system, the mom immune system, it's amazing. I am totally protected against this. I've been traveling a lot in the month of September, and I was just I was amazed that I had not gotten this and I thought that I was in the clear. And then y'all, pride comes before the fall because I did end up getting it. But here's how this cold goes. And maybe this will help you if you're navigating this yourself or with your family. It starts out like a normal cold. And this seems to be the experience of a lot of people, not just me and not just my family, but it's it starts out just like runny nose, headache, normal kind of cold thing. And those kinds of colds had plenty of them. They last two to three days, especially those that are just kind of seasonal as school starts back. It's just something that happens. However, this, you think it's going to last two to three days. You start feeling better around day three. For me, it started not last Thursday, but the Thursday before I was in Indianapolis. And you know, all the sudden when something just kind of hits you and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I feel the sickness coming like a freight train. And I felt that uh, a a couple weeks ago, a couple Thursdays ago. And then a couple days later, I felt better. I was going to work out. I was good. And then by Tuesday, I went totally downhill. By Monday, I thought that I was on the up and up. I thought I was getting better. And then by Tuesday, I woke up and I had no voice. And this has never happened to me. It is the weirdest feeling if you've ever lost your voice before. It's, I mean, it's like losing a sense. It's like going blind or going deaf. You really feel like you can't function in the world. And when I say that I lost my voice, and some of you heard me when I was starting to lose my voice on Instagram because I put a story up saying, sorry, 
no show today. I can barely talk. But it got to the point to where I literally could not get a sound out. It was just, it was a whisper. This is all I could do. And if you've got kids, especially if you've got little kids that you're always trying to wrangle and you're trying to talk to, and especially, you know, in those stressful moments and like meltdowns and you're in a hurry to try to, you know, get out the door. You really need your voice. You really need to be able to communicate, of course, in all segments of life, but especially when you have a little team of kids that you are trying to get, you know, get them to push the ball down the field figuratively. And so that was so tough. I had to whisper constantly and you're not supposed to whisper with laryngitis. But anyway, the part that maybe is helpful is knowing that it's kind of a seven day timeline. The thing that seems to be going around. Some people have a really bad cough and some people are losing their voice entirely. I used a humidifier. I drank lots of tea. People recommended throat coat and I drank that religiously for two to three days. I think you can just look it up online. I'm sure you can get it at your local grocery store too. And honey, lemon, gargled with salt water. My throat was killing me for a couple days. And that's just, you know, absolutely miserable. I did finally take some pain reliever. That was a game changer. I know that, you know, there are bad effects to things like ibuprofen and Tylenol, but I just had to do it. And that was super helpful. Try to drink lots of water. Did I already say I used a humidifier? If you don't do that, then I do recommend that. So that's basically what I did. And I rested and I did feel like God was forcing me to rest because as I said, in September and even into October, it was go, go, go for me. It was my busiest travel month that I've had probably since 2018 because so many organizations are just now having their fundraising events and opening back up. And so I've had the privilege of traveling the country and I'm so thankful for that. But I did realize about halfway through the month of September that I overcommitted myself, that I said yes over the course of the past two years to all these organizations that have been reaching out to me and asking me to come speak, not realizing how congested of a month that I would have and how difficult that would be. Um, And sometimes I get to bring my family and so we make it work and sometimes they're super quick trips, but no matter what, it still takes it out of you. And I realized halfway through September, dang it, I said yes to too many things. And while every single opportunity is a privilege, it's an honor to be able to speak to you guys and to be able to talk with you and hug you and pray with you and all of those things. I absolutely love meeting relatable listeners. It's still really hard. And I knew at some point that I was like, okay, I've got to take a break. I've just got to take a break. But I had no intention of taking a week off from my podcast. That wasn't even an option I had in my head. And yet, God basically told me, hey, yeah, this is the week that you're going to take a break. And you're literally not going to have an option. Because if I had had any other sickness and I hadn't lost my voice, I would have toughed it out. I wouldn't have even thought about it. If I had just had like the sniffles or a cough or something, I would have said, well, I'm still going to go in. I'm still going to do these 30-minute, I'll just do 30-minute episodes or I'll do an interview. But because I literally could not talk, I couldn't do that. I was 
forced to rest, and I'm thankful for that. Now, I had a lot of people at the organizations that I spoke to over the weekend praying for me and praying that my voice would come back. I spoke at a pro-life event for live action in Santa Monica, California on Saturday night. It was an amazing event, such a privilege. And then yesterday, I was in Scottsdale talking to a group of amazing believers there just about engaging in the culture and raising up kids and grandkids in this kind of crazy, chaotic world that we live in using scripture. Um, And my voice was back for both of those things. And so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the prayers of my fellow saints that carried me through. And I'm very thankful to be back now. But I'm also grateful um, that the Lord gave me last week to rest and to reset and that he used sickness, something that maybe Satan meant for evil, Uh, the Lord used in a redemptive and a good way to take care of me. You know, we don't think about things like sickness as a way that the Lord may actually be caring for your health. Isn't that interesting? That for the sake of health and for the sake of my well-being, that the Lord allowed me to become sick. And so something that could just be seen as a misfortune or why me, why would this happen to me? Oh, I'm so sad, self-pity. I actually can rejoice in and be thankful for because the Lord, who is my shepherd, used it to care for me. And so um, I'm thankful for that. But I have to say, I am very glad. I'm very glad to have my voice back because we have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot to talk about. Um, I asked you guys what you wanted to hear from me on and I could talk to you for five hours about all of those things. We literally, we were laughing before we started our, the document that we have that we have been just kind of building over the past week or so while I've been out. I just kind of send stories to my team and we add it to a document. It's 87 pages. So, I mean, we could be here for 87 hours. <laughs> we could do a marathon relatable podcast episode, but I won't do that to you. We'll just talk about a few things. Um, before I get into it, I'll I'll read an ad. But I, I do just want to say also, and this is what I say whenever I've been traveling, is that I'm always so encouraged when I do travel and when I speak to Christians, not just when I'm up on stage, but when I get to have the conversations afterwards, which I very often do, and I get to hear from you guys. I get to hear not just how God has used relatable in your life or you're not enough and that's okay in your life, um, but also just how God is using you and how he's using uh, your platform, whether you have a million followers or you have 10 followers or whether you're a stay-at-home mom or whether you're working. I love hearing what God is doing in your life and through your life. And as I say so often, God is on the move. He is working, doing incredible things things for his own glory and the good of other people through the often unseen and unsung obedience of Christians. And it's easy to look at the headlines, what's trending on Twitter and where our country is headed, and understandably be anxious and feel like, wow, everything is going to hell in a handbasket. Things are only getting worse. But what I'm always reminded of when I am surrounded by believers is that God's ultimate eternal plan of redemption is going off without a hitch, that he is every day advancing his kingdom, that he is every day sharing the gospel through the lives and the words of believers. 
that yes, today is scary and we face in some ways new threats, in some ways threats and sins and evils that have always been around, but just manifest itself in in new ways today. There's really nothing new under the sun. Today just looks like Romans 1 and Romans was written thousands and thousands of years ago at this point. Um, and so... Just as God was then, God is now using his Holy Spirit to work through believers to do incredible things for his glory. He is saving lives. He is saving souls. He is changing hearts. He is changing minds. He is uh, activating Christians to be his hands and feet, to be his aroma, to be his ambassadors. And every day, Christians are making the world around them better by not just speaking the truth in love, but also um, by doing what other people won't, by going to the least of these and the most vulnerable and serving them um, in ways that will never get recognition or fame or acceptance, praise, by the world, um, and yet is right and is pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. That's happening every day. And we are a part of that simply by doing the next right thing in faith with excellence and for the glory of God. That is how God is working through believers, and he is on his throne, totally and completely sovereign. Power belongs to God. I think that's Psalm 65, 11. I'll look it up as I'm talking. But power belongs to God. Authority belongs to God. That is not Psalm 65, 11. I will read you Psalm 65, 11 right now. It's much less inspiring than that. Just looked it up on Bible Gateway. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. That's cool too. Not exactly what I'm talking about. So I should probably stick to references that I know. Let's see. Power belongs to God. Okay. Close, close, really close. Psalm 62, 11. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. So power doesn't belong to Joe Biden. Power doesn't belong to Donald Trump. Power doesn't belong to the Democrat Party. Power doesn't belong to the DOJ. Power doesn't belong to the Republican Party. It doesn't belong to Xi Jinping. It doesn't belong to Vladimir Putin. It doesn't belong to the FBI. It doesn't belong to any of these worldly institutions. And while government have been instituted by God and certainly have their purpose to carry out righteousness and both righteous wrath on the wrongdoer. Ultimately, power belongs to God. Fate belongs to God. Nothing can thwart God's will. Job 42, 2. And I'm sure about uh, that reference that God is totally and completely sovereign and on his throne. And one day, Jesus is king will not just be a belief that we have in our heads as Christians, but will be a reality that everyone sees and every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, speaking of Jesus is king, that was a song that Kanye West wrote and published a few years ago when Christians got on the Kanye train and said, myself included, wow, this is awesome. He is going to be um such a light for the gospel. And it's been a it's been an interesting it's been an interesting road since that happened. And we've still got some interest uh, interesting occurrences happening with Kanye West that we're going to get into in just a second. Uh, but let me pause, let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Patriot 
Mobile. So Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider. It's a force for conservative values. They take a portion of your bill and they fund conservative causes. And if you're like, hey, you know, I don't want I don't want my money going towards politics. Your money is going towards politics. If you buy anything from Amazon, if you buy anything, if you have a Verizon plan, if you, you know, pay for anything anywhere, these major corporations are turning around and using some of your money to fund progressive causes, to help fund abortion, to help fund the gender, so-called gender transition of children. And so wouldn't you want a portion of your money to be going towards the causes and the politicians and the values that you believe in that are turning around and then fighting for you and your family? So that's what you can trust when you use Patriot Mobile. They have affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They use the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Go to Patriot patriotmobile.com slash Allie. They also have special discounts that are available for veterans and first responders at my link, uh, patriotmobile.com slash Allie. You get free activation with the offer code Allie. So go to patriotmobile.com slash Allie, patriotmobile.com slash Allie. Okay, let's talk about Kanye West, White Lives Matter, and conservatives and even Christians' turbulent love affair with Kanye. So Kanye Ye, I think he legally changed his name recently, made headlines the other day when he posted a picture of himself with Candace Owens. And I think they're in Paris and they're facing away from the camera and on the back of these long sleeve shirts that apparently Kanye West designed because he is a fashion designer. It said White Lives Matter written on the back. And obviously, uh, they knew that this was going to be controversial. And because people on the left say that this is a loaded phrase, that it's white supremacist, that it's white nationalist, and they knew that it was going to draw attention. And Kanye had been in the news recently, or people have been talking about him, at least on social media recently, because he randomly will do this every few months. He'll get on Instagram and he'll start like posting his beef with people or he'll get on Twitter. He hadn't been on Twitter in a while, but he'll uh, post conversations that he has with people, whether it's like Kim Kardashian or these other artists or celebrities or fashion designers or corporations that honestly, most of them I don't even no, and he'll he'll just kind of start getting in the conversation again. And so that had been happening for a little bit. And then he posted this picture. And I mean, people freaked out, like freaked out. Left-wing media figures flipped on social media, calling him dangerous, perpetuating an extremist, white supremacist theology. You hear that? He's a white supremacist, him and Candace Owens or white supremacists, apparently. And then he went on Tucker Carlson's show last week, which I was really excited about. I I mean, I just thought it was going to be such an interesting dynamic. And so I tuned in. There were two nights of this interview. I tuned into the first night. And right away, like he said some awesome things about being pro-life and the value of babies in the womb. He had... He came from Paris Fashion Week, whatever that is. I'm still like unclear about what that even is. But apparently he like he was in L.A. and he got off the plane to talk to Kanye West. And on his little name tag from Paris Fashion Week, he had a picture of a sonogram and saying that he is pro-life. He cares about life inside the womb. Awesome. You do not hear that from celebrities. He also talked about God. Not totally sure about some some of his comments, he said something along the lines of like, you might not believe in God, but God believes in you. Not really sure what exactly 
what exactly that means and the theological soundness of it, but whatever. He talked about his faith. I appreciate that. Um, honestly, he said a bunch of stuff that I do not understand. Like, I don't comprehend it because they're about the fashion world and the Kardashians and Hollywood, and I'm just not really inundated in those spheres. And I know there's a lot of people that say that they totally follow and can connect everything that Kanye says, and they probably can. Maybe they've been following him for a really long time, or they just understand how his brain works. I personally don't have that superpower. I'm just going to say that. Like, I don't have that superpower. I need an interpreter sometimes. I struggle to connect the dots in a lot of, in a lot of what he says. However, I do appreciate this is what I do appreciate about Kanye West, that he is not your typical talking point spouting brainless celebrity who falls in line with what Hollywood tells artists and especially black artists, what they have to say in order to be authentically black or empathetic or whatever it is uh, about things like abortion or the family, etc. Like at least he is actually thinking about these things and he is willing to say, huh, What everyone says on my side, on my political side and in my Hollywood and fashion sphere that I have to say or think about these things, I don't know if I agree with that. I'm not sure about that. And I'm willing to drive a wedge between myself and these relationships and the Hollywood elite and saying what I really think. At least he's willing to do that because a lot of people aren't. So in the if if nothing else, he is an individual and there is something to admire and to respect about that. And then he also says some things that make me go, hmm, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So over, over the weekend, he said, he posted a tweet that got him kicked off Twitter. He said, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people, Jewish people in all caps. The funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever poses your agenda. I have no idea what this means. Doesn't sound good. Does it sound good? Doesn't sound good to me. Um, When he says black people are the real Jewish people. This is not just like a random comment. This is actually a belief of the black supremacist cult uh, called the Black Hebrew Israelites. They believe that they are God's real chosen people and that quote unquote white Jews are fakes who have stolen their uh, divine heritage. And so what he is repeating here, he actually is now repeating a talking point from a particular radical group. And this got him, as I said, suspended from Twitter. Weird statement, bad statement. I don't, I just don't know what he meant by it. I Now, I did get a kick out of many on the left decrying uh, anti-Semitism, like John Legend and AOC, they're calling out Kanye West because of his anti-Semitism, but they have no problem with it when it comes to the blatant Jew hatred on their own side from the likes of people like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, and who will not talk about the fact that attacks on Jewish communities in places like New York are very common. They happen all the time and are almost 
always perpetrated by black Americans. Like they won't talk about that. That is likely happening in AOC's district. I've never seen her talk about that, that that actually seems to be a problem, that those two communities, when they live together, very often seem to be at odds. And the Hasidic Jews are typically the victims there. Like no one really wants to say that out loud because it only ever can be conservatives or the right wing that are the enemies of these minority groups. But that's just not how it shakes out in reality. So, I mean, they're going against Kanye West for what they're saying is an anti-Semitic attack. They're not willing to call it out when it's inconvenient to their narrative or when it's coming from their own side when it's coming from their own party. Now, that said, I mean, I I agree with a lot of the criticism. It's it was a very, I mean, in Kanye's way, it seemed like a very random thing out of the blue for him to say. This is also Kanye West. He he says inspiring things, he says interesting things. He also says like very erratic things that make you go, "What?" No, no, no. And here's what happens every few months. Kanye says something that conservatives like and we cheer. And I think a lot of us assume that, okay, now he's like on our side. Now he is a Republican or he is a conservative or I mean, I had super high hopes of him being like a reformed Christian a few years ago because he came out and it he came out as, you know, a believer, as truly born again, and a lot of his theology seemed really sound, and it seemed like he was under the tutelage of some really solid teachers in California. I think it was a pastor who went to John MacArthur's Master Seminary, and so I was just super excited about that, and he came out with this Christian album that sounded really good, that seemed to have pretty good uh, theology, and then... He'll say something that's surprising, like he'll associate with Joel Osteen, or he will make comments that just make you scratch your head or say, ooh, I just, that's not, no. Um, and so I think that the lesson is, because then conservatives or Christians get embarrassed that they like fully endorsed him as an entire person and everything that he says. And so they'll back away from it. But I think what we just need to realize um, is that conservatives in our desperation to be accepted by mainstream culture, because conservatives are so tired of getting beat up on, they're so tired of, they're so tired of being at odds with every single entity, whether it's academia or the public education system or the federal government or Hollywood or mainstream media or big tech, that they're like desperately looking for someone who is in the mainstream, who has cultural capital, who is cool to be their champion, to be on their side. And that can then lead to a lack of discernment in the people that the right decides to lionize. And I think we have to be really careful about that. I think we would do very well to hesitate before hoisting up any celebrity as a hero. But we as conservatives, I mean, we do this a lot. As I said, we kind of drool with excitement when a mainstream person says something that we agree with. And then we just like quietly back away like Bart Simpson into the hedges uh, when we realize that that person isn't doesn't really share 
our worldview and that what they said was a one-off. So I think it's fine. I, I think it's fine to applaud when anyone says something that is not communist and that has the power to wake people up, has the power to show people how silly and contradictory progressivism is, has the power to actually shift the Overton window, whether that's Dave Chappelle or Joe Rogan or Kanye West or anyone that may not really be on our side fully, um, but they have such a large platform that them even being heterodox and even them bucking the system a little bit can be really helpful. I think it's totally fine to applaud and to be happy about that. I've written articles about why I think it's good that people like Dave Chappelle push back against the craziness of gender ideology. And I feel the same about this, but I just think conservatives and Christians also just need to be careful before saying, oh, this is our guy. We're going to put him on a pedestal. He represents everything that I believe. He's going to be our champion. He's going to lead us into battle. Well, that's probably just not it's probably just not going to happen. Um, so we might just need to cool our jets a little bit on that. And that's OK. Like we don't need uh, we don't need a celebrity champion. We don't need a representative from Hollywood or the mainstream at all to continue doing what we are doing, which is just saying and representing and fighting for what is true and keep we can keep trying to open people's eyes because that's effective too. All right. Our next sponsor for the day is Birch Gold. So with the consumer price index increasing yet again, the stock market has been in absolute turmoil. What is our illustrious leader doing to quell the surge of inflation that's destroying American families? Oh, Right. He's actually making it worse by spending more money and adding to the burden. So do not bury your head in the sand while your savings get decimated. Do something about it. You can text Allie to 989-898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals. Uh, precious metals IRAs. So text Allie to 989898. Claim your free, no obligation info kit from Birch Gold. That's Allie to 989898. All right. I want to make this, I, I just want to make a quick comment about this phrase, White Lives Matter. I understand it's controversial. And the reason people say it's controversial is because they say white lives are already recognized. They're already protected. They already have insulation. They already have privilege. It's You can say Black Lives Matter because people and the system don't believe that Black Lives Matter. And Black lives are devalued in this country and they're systemically oppressed. There's institutional racism. So we have to say Black Lives Matter so the police will stop killing Black people. And that's and that doesn't happen to white people. White people already have all the privileges and, and rights in the world. You can say Asian lives matter. You can say Hispanic lives matter. You can say indigenous people lives matter. But you can't say white lives matter because that just shows some kind of white nationalism and white supremacy. And we already live in a white supremacist country, which is absolute hogwash. It's absolute hogwash. We just heard the vice president of the United States the other day saying when it comes to disaster relief in Florida that they are going to prioritize minority communities. So what does that mean? That means that white people get it last. Sorry, white people, that maybe they live in a community that has been more devastated by Hurricane Ian than a community with a larger black population. You apparently, according to the federal government and according to Vice President Harris, you're going to get disaster relief last. Now, of course, 
DeSantis and his team has said of, that's absolutely not happening. But that's what the vice president said. We also saw that with the vaccine rollout, that vaccine that they said was going to save people's lives in places like Chicago and in other major blue cities like that. They said that they were going to prioritize BIPOC communities even before they were going to prioritize older white Americans for the sake of equity. Of course, we had see we see that with uh, ex- uh, acceptance and admissions for colleges as well. And so uh, this idea that the only discrimination that exists in America is against black and brown people and um, that white people have this kind of privilege that is insulating them from discrimination, it's uh, it's literally the opposite of what is true. It is. And so while I'm not I'm not saying that we should be walking around saying white lives matter or wearing shirts, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that this is a slogan or something that we need to put as a banner uh, of any kind of movement. But to say that it is off limits because it's white supremacist, but you can say every other kind of life matters. I mean, it's absolute hogwash and it just doesn't speak to reality. We've also talked about the numbers when it comes to police killings of black men and police killings of all kinds of people, all kinds of unarmed people, how the numbers do not shake out to prove that the police is killing uh, black people based on their race, that it's actually proportionate to the crimes that are unfortunately committed in that community. Uh, And so that entire narrative that we have to say Black Lives Matter because Black lives are not um, are, are not already valued in the society. That's just not true. And plus, the organization of Black Lives Matter is fraudulent. It's used the money that many people donated, donated millions and millions and millions of dollars to make themselves richer, not to better communities in any way, not to help the people that they say are oppressed, but to buy their own mansions in California. It has to do with their own power. That's what Marxists do. They said that they're trained Marxists. That's what Marxists do. They claim to be fighting on behalf of the oppressed. They swindle you for your money. And then they use that money to get richer and to make sure that they have power. They don't actually care about the people that they say that they're advocating for. They use emotional manipulation and deceit in order to get you to donate money. And then I also wanted to read this from someone who claims to be on the right. When you're talking about, oh, we don't need to say white lives matter because white lives are already valued in this country. Let me read you this paragraph from Kevin Williamson, who used to write for National Review. This is from 2016. I think this is one of the most offensive paragraphs that I've ever read. But this kind of thing, you can say this kind of thing about white people in a way that you could never say about any other community without absolutely getting lambasted. He said he's talking about uh, these middle of the country, um, you know, middle America, forgotten America, rural communities that Trump really championed and that really helped him win in 2016. This is what Kevin Williamson had to say about that in 2016 in National Review. The truth about these dysfunctional downscale communities is that they deserve to die. So we're talking about, uh, you know, 
hillbilly allergy type places. We're talking about Kentucky. We're talking about Ohio. We're talking about these places that have been gutted because both Republicans and Democrats have taken the manufacturing jobs in those communities and shipped them off to China. And so Kevin Williamson says, economically, they are negative assets. Morally, they're indefensible. Forget all your cheap theatrical Bruce Springsteen crap. Forget your sanctimony about struggling Rust Belt factory towns and your conspiracy theories about the wily Oriental stealing our jobs. It's what? It's not a conspiracy theory that those jobs have been sent over to China, but whatever. Forget your GD, gypsum, and if he has a problem with that, forget Ed Burke too. The white American underclass is enthralled to a vicious, selfish culture whose main products are misery and used heroin needles. Donald Trump's speeches make them feel good. So does Oxycontin. What they need isn't analgesics, literal, or political. They need real opportunity, which means that they need real change, which means that they need U-Haul. So he's talking about these white working class communities in middle America. He's making fun of the fact that there are addiction issues, largely because of the drugs that are imported from overseas, but also overprescribed by doctors. And also because of the purposelessness and the misery that has been brought on by a lack of economic opportunity and mobility in those areas because of exporting the jobs that were once theirs to places like China. He's making fun of that. He's saying that it's good that this white working class in these places are um, are falling apart and that it absolutely should be good. It doesn't matter what happens to them and it doesn't matter that Donald Trump is their champion. It's basically just a conspiracy theory that we shouldn't care about. Now, imagine someone writing that about any other community in this country. You can't do it. You can't do it. And the fact of the matter is the people that are represented in books like Hillbilly Elegy, people don't care about them. Those white lives don't matter to politicians, to people in the media. You're not allowed to talk about the problems that may be specific to the white working class. And so maybe someone saying white lives matter, maybe it does carry a little bit of weight when you think about the communities that have been largely forgotten and abandoned and are now destitute because of people who won't champion them and who won't represent them and who are willing to demonize them in the pages of the National Review in a way that you could not demonize any other community and still have a job. So I'm just saying maybe it's not right to say that a phrase like that is only extremist and is only radical and is only racist. Maybe it is simply okay to say that all lives matter. Like maybe we should just be saying, you know what? No matter what your skin color is, you're made in the image of God and you should have equal rights. You have equal value. Uh, that does not mean that you will have equal outcomes. That doesn't mean that we try to hold back one group and hoist up another group in the hopes that we'll finally have equal outcomes. That's just impossible. Um, but maybe it's okay to say that that white lives matter and that everyone who, that black lives matter, that Hispanic lives matter, whatever. Maybe it's okay to just say that. And we see how pitting groups against each other doesn't really work out very well. And if Kanye West and Candace Owens, by wearing that, kind of started that conversation and got people to talk about that, like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So those just, I just wanted to to mention some thoughts on that. All right. Um, I'm going to talk about 
speaking of all this, let's just keep waiting into the controversy. I'm going to talk about Columbus Day in just a second. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day, though. Uh, and that is Relief Band. I love this sponsor because it really, really works. Relief Band is a band that you wear on your wrist that relieves nausea. And it simulates a nerve in your wrist that communicates to your brain to then communicate to your stomach to no longer be nauseous. And so it's totally drug-free, FDA-cleared, anti-nausea wristband, doesn't have any side effects because, like I said, it's drug-free. And so if you struggle with nausea because of motion sickness or maybe chemotherapy or morning sickness, if you're pregnant, anxiety, migraines, whatever it is, this could be a really great option for you, especially if you're more of an all-natural person and you don't want to mess with all of the different possible contradictions and side effects that can come from taking anti-nausea med- medication, this could be a really great option for you. My sister-in-law ha- has motion sickness when she gets in the car. She's used Relief Band, and she says that it really, really worked. So go to reliefband.com. That's R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com. Use promo code Allie for 20% off plus free shipping. That's reliefband.com. Promo code Allie for 20% off off plus free shipping reliefband.com code alley okay speaking of all of this speaking of all of this let me say something about columbus day so people are pushing to have columbus day removed as a holiday because when columbus discovered quote-unquote america uh that led to all kinds of atrocities truly tragedies disease of the systemic killing of uh, Native Americans, some things that we can truly say, wow, that is atrocious and that is really sad. And I'm really sad for the innocent victims of that. But apparently we're just supposed to pretend like Columbus discovering America has not led to anything good, that there is nothing worth worth celebrating there, that it would have been better if America had never been discovered and the indigenous people in America uh it would have been just better off if they had been completely uh, left alone because they were living these wonderful, peaceful lives before civilization came along. And that is just a myth. The history of the world is conquest. All of us have ancestors that were conquered and probably were conquerors at one point. All of us have ancestors that were enslavers and enslaved at one point. That is the history of the world, that all of us come from a lineage of both oppressors and the oppressed. This idea that only white Europeans have been oppressors and all the black, brown minorities of the world have always just been oppressed and been trying to live peaceably, but the white man keeps bringing them down. That is ahistorical nonsense. That is not at all the history of the world. And actually recognizing that can bring us reconciliation and unity today when we recognize that we do not carry either the guilt or the shame of our ancestors, but we have an opportunity today to make the lives of those around us better and to simply be kind to the people um, who God has placed in our lives, no matter what their ancestry is, but because people profit off of a gospel 
of grievance because people, politicians, pastors gain power from preaching racial division and ancestral guilt and trauma and shame. Unfortunately, those seeds of division are reaping really awful theology and awful political um, ideology today. Uh, The reality is, as I said, that there have been both conquerors and the conquered. And that was also true in Native America before Christopher Columbus came along and said, hey, this should probably be a civilization one day. Uh, This idea that Native Americans were living these peaceful lives and they just got along and they were happy with their own land and they were happy to allow other tribes to live in their own land and that everything was all good is just a lie. That is a myth. The reality is, is that there was child sacrifice, there was torture, there was bloodshed, there was tribal warfare, there was conquering, there was fighting before Christopher Columbus came along. And so it's not like he disrupted this peaceful nation. The fact is there was violence and torment and all kinds of atrocities that were already happening in Native America. And then, yes, there were also atrocities that were perpetrated by the Europeans who then came to America. And so I don't think that we need to defend those atrocities at all. But I do think that we can say in the long run, I'm really thankful for civilization. Like in the long run, I'm very thankful for the West, I'm very thankful for Western civilization and what it has accomplished in the way of human rights and what it has accomplished in the way of prosperity and freedom for a lot of people. Naomi Riley, whom I've had on this show before to talk about the problems with CPS, the problems are not what I thought and maybe not what you think either. I'll link that episode. Uh, She also wrote a book called The New Trail of Tears and she looks at the problems on Indian reservations today. And the reality is, is that these communities face problems that are really never talked about. Insanely high rates of uh, alcoholism, of drug addiction, of child abuse, terrible child abuse and neglect that goes on on these reservations. Um, homicide, crime, assault, rape, extremely high. And the problem is, is that the Native Americans that live on these reservations are almost completely immune to the law. That is how our law is set up in the name of land back, in the name of social justice, in the name of equity. Uh, Native Americans do not have to meet the same legal standards or have the same accountability in many cases as people who do not live um, in these territories. And that is really bad for victims. That's really bad for the women and children who bear the brunt of that kind of criminality that just goes on with impunity, especially the children there. Really, there is nothing that the state can do in some cases, like in the state of Oklahoma, uh, the law enforcement, their hands are completely tied. The state and local officials, they can't do anything to protect these kids in some cases, not in all cases. I'm not saying they're completely immune all the time from the law, but there is a lot of criminality and, and abuse 
that is allowed to go on on these reservations because in the name of reparations, the government in the United States has decided that they don't have to play by the same rules, that they get special privileges for pot and for um, and for casinos and gambling. And this does not help these communities. And so changing the name of Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day Carving out these special privileges for gambling in casinos and pot shops and making sure um, that the people committing crimes on these reservations are not held accountable. None of these things, while done apparently in the name of social justice, are going to help these communities at all. It's virtue signaling. It's performative activism. It's not actually caring for the people, especially the children that are suffering there. It does the opposite because that's what social justice is and does. Social justice sounds good. Policies that apparently help the homeless, policies that help the poor that come from the left, policies that are supposedly uh, helping the marginalized and helping black and brown people and immigrants always end up just incentivizing bad behavior and destroying the very communities that they say that they're trying to help. And that is true when it comes to the policies around Native American reservations. And so changing Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day will do absolutely nothing for these communities. Absolutely nothing. And that is the problem with virtue signaling is that it helps people at the top feel better while never having to actually do anything, ever having to sacrifice, ever having to get off their couch. And in that way, it's really wicked. It's really hypocritical. And it's very pharisaical when you think about who the Pharisees were. They wanted to perform acts of superficial righteousness, but Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. On the inside, they were dead and decaying, even while on the outside, they looked really nice. And they hoisted themselves up as these kind of righteous heroes. And uh, they set this standard of hollow righteousness that they knew the regular Jew could never meet. And Jesus said, no, you're a brood of vipers. You're whitewashed tombs. You You don't have the righteousness that is pleasing to God because your heart is dead and cold. So it is with performative activism and with virtue signaling. Um, I mean, that's what the whole Black Lives Matter organization is, trying to seem righteous and compassionate and empathetic um, on the outside and emotionally manipulate people into supporting this organization and saying, you're not righteous, you're not loving, you're not Christian, you're not compassionate unless you support us. And really, the inside of the Black Lives Matter organization is dead and decaying because they don't do anything for the communities that they say that they're trying to protect. And it's the same thing with changing these holidays. I mean, this is not going to do anything for these communities at all. And these communities are really struggling because of choices in some cases, but also because of policy decisions by our lawmakers who think that doing and advocating for things that sound good but are not good is the way to go. And Christians should reject that. Like if we love our neighbor, then we want policies that even if they sound, they don't have the same uh, they don't have the same loving or compassionate sound to them like, oh, we're going to help homeless people by allowing them to just like prop up 
tents in, in this park. If conservatives really care about the homeless population, if we really care about people in poverty, we are not going to advocate for the policies that incentivize those kinds of behaviors that we know is actually destructive, not just to them, but also the communities in which they reside. And so it just requires thinking a little bit harder about everything that sounds good and asking the question, but is it really good? All right, that's almost time. It's almost all we have time for. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day. And that is Good Ranchers. All right, we've got a great deal going on in the month of October. This awesome sale is happening that you get four free pounds of meat with your order. So that's two pounds of Wagyu ground beef, two pounds of our better than organic chicken breasts. That is awesome. That is an awesome deal. We use Good Ranchers every single night. Love Good Ranchers. I love their chicken. I love their ground beef. That's probably what I use the most because we do hamburgers or we do tacos or nachos and it's just very versatile. But also I made steaks last week. I'll post them on Instagram that I'm pretty proud of actually. And I just love getting creative with my Good Ranchers meals. Makes my life so much easier. It's all American meat. That's what I love about it. And plus, they're just great people to support. So go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. Claim your special October feast today. You save $25 on every box and lock in your price when you subscribe. Plus, you get that four free pounds of high-quality beef and chicken. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. Code Allie. GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. All right. That's really all I have time for today. Um, And there's, man, there's like a million and 10 other things that I wanted to talk about. Okay, let me just say, let me just talk about this for a second because I don't know when I'm going to be able to fit it in this week. And I wish I would have talked about it last week and I, or the week before last when I talked about this story. But I just wanted to give a shout out to John MacArthur because he's incredible and I love his heart for the truth. I love his heart for repentance. I love his earnestness and his strength and his boldness and the fact that he does not equivocate at all on the truth and the gospel and that he is willing to call people in power to repentance. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about Gavin Newsom, how he's doing this horribly wicked and blasphemous thing of posting these billboards in red states to try to get people to move back to California. And he is advertising for abortion. And he's saying, hey, we'll let you kill your baby. And he's not just doing that. That would be wicked enough. But he is also using a Bible verse, love your neighbor as yourself. And we broke down exactly why that's wrong. We'll link that episode just absolutely atrocious stuff, atrocious, blasphemous stuff. And John MacArthur said, look, that is, that's too far. I am, he said, I am desperately worried about the eternal fate of Gavin Newsom. Of course, he has been concerned about his eternal fate for a long time, but he felt a prompting by the Holy Spirit and by the word of God to simply call him out. So this was at the end of September, he sent him this letter and maybe maybe you've read it, but I just want to read you some of this. It was a, a scathing letter to um, Gavin Newsom, but also just the kind of truth in love balance that all of us should strive for. So I won't read the whole thing, but he says, sir, Comma. Almighty God says in his word, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Scripture also teaches that it is the chief duty of any civic leader to reward those who do well and punish evildoers. Romans 13, 1 through 7. You have not only failed in that responsibility, 
You routinely turn it on its head, rewarding evildoers and punishing the righteous. The word of God pronounces judgment on those who call evil good and good evil. And yet many of your policies reflect this unholy upside down view of honor and morality. He goes on. Uh, later to say, in mid-September, you revealed to the entire nation how thoroughly rebellious against God you are when you sponsored billboards across America promoting the slaughter of children whom he creates in the womb. You further compounded the wickedness of that murderous campaign with a reprehensible act of gross blasphemy, quoting the very words of Jesus from Mark twelve thirty-one goes on to say, my concern, Governor Newsom, is that your own soul lies in grave eternal peril. Each one of us will give an account of himself to God. One day, not very long from now, you will face that reality. Nothing more is certain. You will stand in the presence of the holy God who created you, who is your judge, and he will demand that you give an account for how you have flouted his authority in your governing and how you have twisted his own holy word to rationalize it. As you look over the precipice of eternity, what will your answer be? When you look ahead of you and see that nothing awaits you but eternal misery, the just punishment for your sins, what will all the clever rationalizations and political talking points avail for you then? And by then, it will be too late for any remedy or redemption. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. My plea to you, sir, is that you would not let it come to that, that you would not go to that day of judgment apart from receiving forgiveness and righteousness through faith in Christ alone. Our church and countless Christians nationwide are praying for your full repentance. Please respond to the gospel. Forsake the path of wickedness you have pursued all your life. Turn to Christ, ask for forgiveness, and use your office to advance the cause of righteousness as is your duty instead of undermining it as has been your pattern. Yes and amen. This is speaking the truth in love. And I just wanted to end with that. And I guess that it probably does come full circle with what we talked about in the beginning, that in all the craziness that we talked about today and talk about every day, God is still using Christians to win hearts and to change minds. And that is our role, speaking the truth in love to people around us, but also people in power. All right, before we head out, let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day. And that is GenuCell. GenuCell is a skincare line. It uses plants stem cell therapy to get rid of fine lines and wrinkles. It even gets rid of the puffiness under your eyes. There are guaranteed results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. See the difference for yourself today with over 60% off their most popular packages at GenuCell.com. Go to GenuCell.com slash Allie. They will also include their brand new GenuCell Hyaluronic Acid Serum serum as a free gift. Go to GenuCell.com slash Allie. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Allie. All right. That's all we've got time for today. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. There's so much more. So much more that we're going to discuss over the next couple days. So buckle up. Let me know if there's anything specific that you want me to discuss this week. And I will see you guys back here tomorrow.